Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Well, hello and welcome to the China Shop, everyone. We're so glad you're here. You made it just in time. I'm Shopkeeper Dan, and with me, as always, is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. How are you doing today, Kyle? Just in time? Yeah, just in time. We, we, we just started the show. They just they made it per- perfect timing. Mm. What about all those people that were there waiting for the hour that we were chatting before we started? Oh, wow. <laughs> Kyle is grumpy today. That's how he's doing. No, I'm doing good. Come on. I'm doing good. <laughs> that's, that's, that's good to hear. Very good to hear. Yeah, we were just talking about the hot sauce vet consequences. So that's, that's what put us both in a, oh, God, what are we doing for this show kind of mood? Well, this is your fault, by the way, <laughs> Mr. Bucket List Item. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for helping me with that. Come on into the show today, folks. Come on, in. come on into the shop. Sit back, relax, rage against the hedge machine. We'd love to welcome any new listeners who may be scratching their heads about hot sauce talk. Uh, if, if you're new to the shop, we're here smashing our way into a complete set of fine china, sharing our ever-growing strategies for maximizing gains and cutting losses. If you if you're new to the shop and stock trading in general, check out our knowledge center on financialneptude.com or give some of our beginning trading episodes a listen. We'll have all those links in the episode description. Get yourself caught up on all the the lingo vocabulary and general stock strategies that we, we talk about. Best place to be, though, is hop on our Discord server, ask some questions. Kyle and I are on there every day. It's really just an awesome place to be. We're sharing stock charts, uh, trade ideas, trade news, general buffoonery, you know, the good <laughs> stuff. <laughs> we also spend a lot of time in the voice chat now. I think every morning we're... We're in the voice chat trade and futures. So yeah, that's true. If you want to jump in there and see what we're doing, uh, more than happy to share our screens. Yeah, and talk about it for sure. It's the the same market structure on futures as it is on any stock. Yep. So anyway, yeah. So obviously, Kyle and I get on there every day. When you do join uh, the server, send us a private message with or email. Uh, get us your mailing address. We can send you a smash it yourself mug or shot glass straight from the shop. We're just really glad you're all here. It's a lot of fun. Always better with friends. Great show for you today. Uh, Kyle, we, we got any show news going on? Oh, boy. We've got... I think we're booked through November now. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's just crazy. Like, now I'm trying to, like, squeeze things in there. Uh, we got Anthony Fatsies that's coming out this week. Uh, a lot of fun talking to him. Oh, he was great. Yeah, and love his uh, Australian accent, too. It makes it much more interesting listening to crypto. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Plus, we also asked him a lot of questions about... Australian slang uh, phrases, so yeah. you'll, you'll enjoy that. <laughs> Good content. Uh, after that, we got ChangeBridge, the uh, fund managers that we've been so excited to talk to. Yes. Uh, our end of month review, I think Vico and George were planning on coming back, and I think we're going to turn that into our spicy hot wings consequence challenge. Yes. So that's going to be us answering 
technical analysis questions George George is going to show us. Or, or even just uh, things about like the week. Like how, we can even just do like the normal review. I don't know. I'm not sure how that's going to actually work, but I'm just let them just kind of take it wherever they want it to go while we're sweating our asses off and crying. Yeah, we've given... <laughs> They're going to be asking us questions as we eat hotter and hotter wings up until the like hot, what the hottest on the planet because we lost the second bet and it compounded. What what the fuck happened there? Uh, yeah, George's consequences are losing to him last month was to uh, to up the the hottest sauce that we picked. So yeah, we had to go with the eleven of ten. Oh wow! Last dab triple X. God damn it. Uh. <laughs> Uh, I don't remember that being on my bucket list. I just wanted to try the the really hot Carolina Reaper pepper stuff. Uh, yeah, it should be in line with that. It should be in line with that. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so we've got a sensual, spicy, splendiferous episode for you today. we got lots of market-moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than a horny trucker in Nevada. Mm, nice. There's a lot of options in Nevada in there. Is that where Terry's at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rollerblading Terry. That's right. Those <laughs> roller skates. Yeah. <laughs> They're in Reno. Say hi to him for me. <laughs> uh, reach out to us, folks. We love your messages and comments on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Discord. We have all those links in the episode description. Or if you're old school, you can send us an email to two bulls at financialineptitude.com. Or you can give us a phone call, 725 22 bulls. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made, or maybe you and your mutated family just lost your beloved sensei to some criminal gangs in the city, mm-hmm. and you've got to track them down and, and rescue them. And hopefully save one troubled youth in the process. At least one troubled youth, maybe a reporter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. We just love it when you reach out. Go on, reach out to us. That's Ninja Turtles for the uh, the younger listeners who maybe don't know. Maybe the, the, yeah, the remake didn't follow the plot quite as much as we would have hoped. Yeah. I think it's time to uh, move on and talk about some bet results. No, I think we should skip that this week. You sure? You sure? I kind of wanted to, I was interested in talking. I mean, I lost some money, but, uh, you know, I still wanted to talk about it. I don't think you want to talk about it either. <laughs> All right. Okay, fine. Uh, GE opened the week at $104.84, and I had my stop mm-hmm. loss at just below, I think, 50 cents below the 200-day moving average. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that happened on Tuesday at $1.0230, which takes my bet total down to 473.68. Oh, my God. It was a good stop. I only lost about 10 bucks. I think I was at 485 somewhere around there last week. Yeah. But still, uh, it's two in a row. I got to... I gotta, I got to turn the ship around here quick. You do. You do. I shorted eBay because I was like, it's ranging. And normally my gut says it's about to pop. But I, you know, I put the twist on it. Uh, but it just stayed. It just stayed in its ranging. It's still coiling for a big move. Mm-hmm. Uh, it opened at $74.60. Ended the week at uh, $74.90. I had my buy stop at $77. It did not get hit. Mm. Okay. So I felt like I, I put my buy stop right where it should have been. I did lose a couple dollars. So I went from $503.36 down to $501.34. Alright. And random random picked APA, which opened at twenty five ten and closed the week at twenty six thirty seven. What? Yeah. You fucking kidding me? So random is now at five hundred and forty five dollars and thirty three cents. Oh God. 
we're we're fucking two weeks in and i'm already like i need to hit a home run <laughs> right fucking 10 percent behind i've also got a good consequence if we end up losing oh shit all right it can't be it can't be worse than the peppers no well i don't know it depends <laughs> oh shit come on <laughs> It won't hurt as bad. It'd be more of a <laughs> mental anguish. Oh, it's my least favorite anguish. At least physical <laughs> anguish ends at some point. All right, should we move on and talk about some news? Uh, sure. Well, we all know why we're listening today. The sharpest person with the week to replay. So sit back, we got some market affairs. Get some stories for the bulls and the bears. Clowns running companies Laws change overnight Here we are It's time for China Shop News Yeah now It's time for China Shop News There's a lot of news this week It's all the same kind of theme though With the doom and gloom Everything sucks Buy all your Christmas gifts now Yeah kind of uh, Apparently <laughs> It's it's Christmas in October now I was, I was watching them Set up a pumpkin stand And I thought Will that turn into a Christmas tree lot Before October ends? I don't know Is there a shortage of Christmas trees too? I don't know Those things usually pop up pretty quick There is a pumpkin shortage Yeah I think that happened Because of the late season Getting them planted Anyway That's <laughs> What are our, our actual news stories? Uh, well I wanted to lead off With uh, the uh, chip makers for Apple, Qualcomm, AMD saying that the, mm. they're warning that the chip shortage is going to last through 22. Wow. And if you're somebody like me, yeah, that doesn't doesn't bode well if you're trying to build another computer. Uh, and I, get pri- I priced out all the parts, and then when I got to the graphics card, it was, I think, about as expensive as everything else combined. I bought, uh, in 2019, I put together my desktop, and I bought a graphics card. It was uh, one of the older ones. Mm-hmm. I actually bought it used. I think it was, uh, I think it's the TI 1060 and it's now more expensive than when I bought it. Uh, I'm trying to remember what I bought. I bought like a, um, I think I bought one of AMD's graphics cards. It's a pretty decent one, but it was a budget one. I think I paid around 200 and change for it. And I can't even get that for like less than 500 now, I think. Good Lord. It's crazy. fucking stupid so now yeah i gotta if you're trying to upgrade your computer it looks like you're gonna be waiting at least a year and a half probably more i blame crypto mining yeah but i don't think we can blame just crypto mining looking through it's not just the graphics cards it's basically all semiconductors like all the raw materials are short everything everything is short 10 years ago we didn't have 100 million dollar companies buying a shit ton of graphics cards they're not making it better i will say that but i think that it's a combination of that and just the everything shortage that's going on well and the fact that we put computer chips in everything now all the smart home right. devices and then we also shut down labor for better almost a year for the hell of it <laughs> just to make things even worse speaking of which oh yeah speaking of which you want me to segue into my supply chain story yeah Okay, yeah, we, well, we talked about uh, the snarled ports and all the backup issues that we've got going on right now. Uh, we talked about it last week and, and how like, random shit seems to be just gone from shelves because of it. Mm-hmm. I came across a news article on Slate. You know, the, the government's tried to step in uh, to, to, de- to convince Port of Los Angeles to start doing like 24-hour day processing, right? Wait, they're not? They are. They're not already. No, why Why weren't they before? What the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> they just not have the people for it? 
I, I, it, the, the news article didn't say. But you have more work than you can do in a five-day work week. That's what you do. You go to 24-7. Yeah, well, apparently they didn't until the, the presidential administration made a deal with them to do, to, to do so. Oh. Like, like an executive branch had to step in and be like, hey, let's talk about uh, doing 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's insane to me that they'd have to step in to <laughs> negotiate that. Why wouldn't you assume they make money based on what they push through? You would assume that, right? <laughs> but uh, okay, so but the 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 heart of the matter, uh, I think I think the later in the article it frames it differently, uh, which which I hadn't come across before. But they lay it out as like this isn't just like labor, mm-hmm. not not enough labor to process, like. Our supply chain has existed with the seasonal demand surge, right? Mm-hmm. We've been that's, that's ever since I was a kid in the eighties, like the Christmas season, this the shopping season, the spending season. So the supply chains have existed with this big surge where things back up, but they like prioritize the right stuff, right? So we're still all able to to get things on Christmas, and then once the the, the surge is over. Then they work through the backlog and catch up. Okay. That's how, that's how the supply chain has been functioning. That makes sense. Now, because of the pandemic and the fact that uh, workers, you know, people did have uh, stimulus money, mm-hmm. demand stayed there. And, and then as things reopened, demand surged in beginning of the year, all summer. Uh, the surge started before the Christmas season, and it hasn't let up. Right. So, so even if labor had been at its best with these demand levels happening, like they're they're happening, we would we would be getting shortages anyway. We'd be getting, I should say, bottlenecks and yeah, supply shortage. We we, we would be still be seeing things missing on the shelves. Um, short, you know, right. it doesn't help that there's less labor <laughs> going around. Uh, uh, but this just the demand factor can explain a lot of what we're seeing and then you just couple in everything else that we've been seeing with the labor shortages that in the uh, trucking industry and the like up and down the supply chain yeah uh yeah yeah now that makes a lot of sense i love too that they referred to this as joe biden's plan to save christmas yeah <laughs> like is that what he How's actually that for called a PR it? spin <laughs> Well, I'm just wondering now if Fox is going to have their annual war on Christmas segments. Like, they can't blame the Democrats this time because Joe Biden's working to save it. Because <laughs> he's trying to save it. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. Uh, everything I've yeah. been seeing is That'll saying be... to get your Christmas shopping done now. So it's basically Christmas in October. Yeah. I think even my wife was telling me that Black Friday deals are going on now in anticipation of there not being enough shit to do a normal Black Friday. Just this morning when I was driving, I saw a shop in a strip mall that was literally a Black Friday shop. That was the, was like the sign mm-hmm. in the window, uh, Black Friday store. And it's, you know, what's today, October 15th, 16th, 16th somewhere yeah. in there? <laughs> yeah. Wait, you opened a strip mall storefront called Black Friday? What? Yeah, you're over uh, five weeks early. That's yeah, insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem like this is going to get better anytime soon either. No. Hey, the bright side is maybe they won't make people work on Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, they may not have anything to work. <laughs> the stores might be right? empty. Everything's already going to be <laughs> yeah. gone and sold. <laughs> we mentioned the, the truck drivers. I saw something, too, that you posted the other day. What's this deal with the uh, high schoolers in California? They, get, they, they have a, a new class for driving 18-wheelers now? 
So this is the first non-vocational high school to, to do a CDL truck driving really? program. Uh, Patterson High School in, in Patterson, California. Yeah. Well, if it's not the mm -hmm. first, it's one of the first. They, uh, they, yeah, they opened up one, one of their teachers has been like a truck He was a truck driver in college to right. pay through college. And then like he got his degree and became a teacher, but he stayed like a uh, part-time. He would still drive big rigs on the weekends and shit and during the summer because he likes it. <laughs> I can see the appeal. I like driving long stretches sometimes. I don't know if I could do it like, as a full-time job, but yeah. Uh, like whenever I take like longer trips to go see like my dad, I prefer to drive it instead of fly just because I kind of like the, you know, the 10 to 12 hours of just sitting in a car listening, catching up on podcasts and other shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I drove trucks for a little bit, but I was in town driving and that was like hyper stress. I remember you. Yeah, I remember when you were doing that. I don't know if that's something I would trust an 18 year old to do. Maybe stick them on the freeway. Yeah. Uh, then again, the Navy also puts 18 to 20 year olds in charge of you know, nukes. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they got this truck driving program. Uh, they, they teach seniors, they give them on the, the road training. Mm -hmm. Right. But at 18, you can't drive over state lines. So they're limited, but I guess in California, California is pretty fucking big. Yeah. Pl plenty of fucking work in, in yeah. state for them. Oh, I love this. I think there needs to be a lot more focus on these vocational skills anyway. Truck driving is just one of them. You know, welding, pipe fitting. Absolutely. Electrician work. Like we talked a lot about that. Good, good, honest work. Yeah, you can make a killing doing that too. I mean, before I left the steel mill, I was making six figures. Yeah. I'm pretty sure most truck drivers make can make close to that too. Especially if you own your own truck. I was going to say, I've met many truckers that start out driving for companies and make enough money to buy mm -hmm. their own truck and they make their own contacts to where they're running their own business. And I've met several truck drivers that were wealthy, yep. for sure. They built a lot of wealth uh, driving trucks. So, so the crazy thing is, is 2015, we had like a need, need for 48,000 truck drivers. 2021, we're short 68,000. So, yeah, and they're predicting that number is going to go as high as the 100,000, aren't they? Yes, yes. By 2028, uh, we'll be short 100. And like 75%, 70 to 75% of our goods yeah. are trucked. Yep. Like that's how they get there. The only thing, the only wrench in this that I could see being thrown is 2028 having, you know, half of the trucks on the road be AI computer <laughs> robot drivers. Uh, I think we might be a little further away than that. Remember, folks, the moment a robot can take your job, yeah. it will. Yeah, we here in the China shop do not condone <laughs> robot violence. <laughs> we need those brownie points for when they take over. <laughs> I will be one of the first to welcome our robot overlords. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what else? What else we got? I think you had another thing about the Great Resignation, but I don't know. We talked a lot about this already, haven't we? We have. We have. The only reason I brought and shared this new story and brought it up uh, was it offered a different spin on the Great Resignation. Bill Adams, a uh, PNC bank economist, says that uh, this is a good sign for the economy. To quote him, uh, this is one of the better ways to be coming out of a very severe economic downturn. Having a tight labor market, demand booming, struggling with ways to keep up with consumer demand is much better than what we had after the 2008-2009 downturn where businesses struggled to find customers and hiring was weak. It was difficult to find a job. That's a good point. That is a really good point. I remember, yeah, there was a time there where it was hard to get a job. Everything looked really bleak. Mm -hmm. 
But this to call this a downturn, it almost doesn't even feel like that. It feels like demand has been strong throughout this whole thing. Like this has been a very weird yeah. market crash <laughs> period that we lived through. It's almost like a flash crash, I think you can call it, right? F- flash crash. Yeah, flash crash. And we spent our way out of it by yeah. printing money. So it's very foreign to me. I've never lived through something like uh, this. You know, there's... Um, I'm not saying it's the wrong or right thing to do. I'm just saying it's what we did. It seems to have worked. <laughs> right? The article ends by saying there's a concern that rising wages will cause the prices of food and other needs to go up. Mm-hmm. But economists are saying that it's a valid concern, but businesses also run the risk of driving customers away if it goes up too much. So we'll see if the, the market can find an equilibrium. It will. <laughs> that's, that's how the markets work. <laughs> so, we hope so. <laughs> you mentioned the, the rising wages. Uh, you posted a story earlier in the week, too. And I remember if you, uh, if you remember that article. I, was, I looked through it after you posted it. I thought it was very interesting. You're talking about the effects of raising the minimum wage in New Jersey and comparing it to just across oh, to Pennsylvania yes. and then seeing that it actually increased the number of jobs available in New Jersey versus the control right across the river from them or the border. I don't remember if that's a river or not. That's, that's right. The guy won a Nobel Prize in economics this year. His name uh, was David Card. There's Card and Kruger was the other guy. I think it was the two of them, but Kruger passed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a great article. Um, I forgot about it. Oh, I wanted to bring it up because I wanted to, I was curious about why I did because I didn't see anything in the story you posted about why that would create the more work with the wages going up. Well, I mean, ultimately, isn't it everything supply and demand? They they raise the wages, so people are like, "Oh, I'll take that job." Is it because of that, or is it because now people have more money to spend, and there seems to be a maybe there's a certain balance that you have to reach of the income that people make and then the income that they spend, so the amount you can charge for those goods and services. Yeah, it could it could be he he the 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 article if if I'm remembering it correctly went to lengths to to state like we're not we're not they're not trying to 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 make a new rule or right. law. All they're doing is saying, we've got this orthodox thinking, and look, we've got a spe- here's a specific example that challenges that. And he said he, he lost friends and credibility for, for doing that in the 90s. Oh, yeah, they consider that a fundamental law of economics. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know, I've thought that, I found that very, very interesting. Because, yeah, I wouldn't have predicted that myself. Yeah, I think it's just the, the, the supply showed up. the supply side of the labor showed up for the higher wages right it's like think about it think about it like a like a like that graphics card right and a a black friday deal like if that graphics card is 900 bucks if you can go in uh and and get it for 300 dollars, aren't you gonna stand in line three hours to do that um you know what i mean more people are gonna show up to buy the discounted card you're gonna get a lot more demand for it well it's the same thing with labor like you up those wages you can get more people willing to show up and say, okay, I'll do that job for that wage. Yeah, but the whole core of the idea is that if you're spending more money on your wages, then you have less money that you're making. So there should be le- fewer positions open. So somewhere, the I think this was studying the most of the restaurants. So somewhere those restaurants were managed to increase their revenue in order to pay for the higher employment. Well, I know that if I go to a restaurant where I get the food quickly, and the service is great, and I enjoy the food, it's well prepared, 
then I want to go to that restaurant more. I've even gone to certain places where I've asked who was the chef or the who was in charge of running the grill. Yeah. And then try to get his schedule so I can make sure I go back to him. <laughs> well, imagine if you're paying higher wages and you're retaining good yep. employees, how much better your restaurant will do if the food is consistently great. The service consistently gets you there quick. Plus, there's probably losses, too, that you're not experiencing anymore, too. People are getting a better job with better pay. They're not going to do things that risk it, such as giving free food to their friends. or Right, right. Like, yeah, I think there's a lot of arguments to be made for, like, staff retention. I think the bottom line is that uh, economics are a lot more complicated than A equals B. <laughs> a lot more nuanced than that. Oh, yes. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. The more more simplified you make the rule, the less it's going to hold in right. any given case. <laughs> because it's so complex. All right. Well, I think we chattered enough about the news. All right. Shall we listen to some sweet tunes? Uh, play one. Give me one. Give me something good. Some loans are just a big mistake in a boat. and fees someone left unsaid this is the right kind of lender to find the thing that fits your needs and you just have to call her cause you know that she was born to be she's a loan maker dream banker debt saver won't you call her up and see she's a loan maker dream banker debt saver won't you call her up Two Bulls in a China Shop is proudly brought to you by Sue Pullen, the magnificent, wonderful, lovely Sue Pullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender. Oh, she doesn't get alliteration. Oh, shit. Brought to you by Sue Pullen, the lovely, luscious. Mm, you've used all those before. Luxurious. I, God yes. damn it. I only have so many adjectives in my Moving brain. <laughs> we'll do better next week, Sue. <laughs> She's a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. With over 20 years of experience, Sue has helped thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even reverse mortgages, Sue will help. She's licensed in 27 states, so reach out and see what Sue can do for you. Best way to reach her is just give her a call, 520-977-7904, or you can shoot her an email, spolin at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number, 2289. Sue Pullen has an MLS number, 206048. That email again is spullen at fairwaymc.com, and that phone number is 520-977-7904. Reach out and see what Sue can do for you. And Two Bulls in a China Shop is a proud affiliate of the Trade Pro Academy. Trade Pro Academy is an educational platform that offers institutional trader development programs to new and experienced independent traders, which means you can finally learn to trade like a big institution. Take advantage of all those people who don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yes. Uh, they got a great staff of highly knowledgeable and successful traders, and we've talked to just about all of them. Uh, and there's no place that we found where there's no better place that we found to learn all you need to know to be a successful trader. Find them online at tradeproacademy.com or you can use our affiliate link in the episode description. And that affiliate link will mm -hmm. soon be coming with a discount. I think we managed to rake George over the coals to try to get you guys a 10% discount. <laughs> uh, working with their affiliate people now to try to get the uh, logistics of that worked out. But uh, you will have to join the Discord in order to get that link. 
Indubitably. Uh, yes. Yeah, so hopefully we can get that here soon. I know a lot of people have been asking about it and we'd love to have you guys have it too. So we can talk to more people about charts because we love it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm excited to have the discount code because uh, I've talked to many people about it where I'm like, okay, I'll get you the code when yep. I have it. <laughs> but I don't have the code yet. Um, what are we doing? News? No, we did news. Um, no, yeah, we're talking about some stocks, man. And I guess I'll lead us off because I know where we're at, which is weird feeling for me. Just put those stock tickers on the list. Go through the charts so nothing gets missed. Today's trades, they could all turn to gold. I'm playing stocks till I'm out of the hole. Couple, uh, I guess lead off the, the uh, what I consider really major news. Apple's got a big event. They're releasing their new... Um, mm new macbooks their their new computers uh they're, they're announcing all that stuff on monday how many cameras does it have <laughs> <laughs> not enough that's the answer not enough no it the, the the major change right now is they've switched their chips they've been using intel oh. chips and now they are using an apple manufactured silicon they call it the apple apple yeah, silicon interesting and the computers they've already released these are the same chips they right. put in the iphones and they've struggled with with uh, changing them to get them to fit in the, the laptops and desktops. But mm. they are there. And the, the scuttlebutt is that they might have doubled the battery life with their new processors because they use such so much less energy. That would be very nice. That is a, an advance worthy of Apple. Or did they right? did they improve the energy consumption or did they change their code to stop draining the batteries? <laughs> <laughs> Good uh, I assume you remember that right before updates came out. Yeah, bastards. <laughs> oh, I absolutely. Uh, when did Apple turn into an evil empire? <laughs> I, I honestly, I think it happened before Steve Jobs died. I don't, I don't think Steve Jobs was immune to power and wealth. Like <laughs> he's as human as everybody else. He was a lot more devious. He had a long plan. He put Apple computers for free in all these schools. So that way they, all the kids grew up learning Apple. And then that's what they naturally gravitated towards. Very smart. Yeah. Uh, any, anyway, um, Apple's got their big event. Their stock is going to move one way or the other. Statistics say it's going to move down. But uh, if they do have a, a big... Uh, they got a big battery news like that yeah the, the, that should move it up yeah but don't make assumptions play what you're given yeah also i heard this in a in an apple computer store that i was at with a friend helping her shop mm -hmm. uh for a new laptop right so this isn't like these these rumors are probably baked into right. the price right like if if they're talking about it openly in an apple store it's not a secret that's what's being talked about mm -hmm. right so I'm looking at Apple at, at their, 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 the end of the week at $144.84. Uh, they got a big sitting right on top of their 20-week moving average. I'm looking at the weekly chart. Uh, big level below them at 138.5. Uh, they're high above them, 157.37. Mm -hmm. uh, last, couple, last couple weeks, they've, they, they, yeah, two weeks ago, they tagged the 138. And now they're up at 144. Nice little rebound. Yep. So I'm wondering if that isn't the baking in of the price. Uh, if we if we won't we won't see it break through that 138 below. I don't know. I don't know. 
depends on what they announce. It's it, I, I'm not making any plays on it, but I am watching it. No, I think with these big events like that, if you're trying to make a play before it happens, that's not that's not uh, that's just gambling at that point, right? I think you and I were discussing that yeah. before we talked. If you wait until yeah. after the event happens and then try to make a move on the momentum, uh, that's a much mm-hmm. much more that's a bit different story. Now you've actually got some qualifiers that you can use to try to make a smart and informed trade. Yeah. If if the news comes out and the battery, there's no big battery announcement, I'm watching for a fall and, and I'm looking for that dip, looking to buy around 138 yep. and a half, you know? <laughs> and then a, and a big smash, uh, it's going to shoot that price up. And then, then you're wondering, like, are there any buyers left or do they all just get in right now? Might be behind some puts at that point. Anyway. Mm-hmm. What do you got for us, Kyle? I've got Virgin Galactic again. Uh, they made the news. It seems like every good news story is followed by four bad ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that seems to be their ratio. They, they've pushed back their commercial space travel service to the fourth quarter of 22, and they're not conducting another flight test this year, or test flight this year, which uh, we were expecting to see the one that was the research a uh, researcher had uh, uh, lined up. Um, I think with the FAA having their uh, grounding of the Virgin Galactic Spaceship 2, um, that probably put too much of a delay. And I know that they had wanted to go through and do some overhauls on the carrier ship. So they're, I assume they're shutting down to do that. Let's see if it even says. Because I didn't actually read the article yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. They're doing their planned enhancement uh, program first. So then they'll do the test flight after that work is complete and before starting their commercial services. Um, okay. I'm looking at their chart right now, and okay. I see that it has just dropped down. I mean, it just got hammered. Yes, it did. It dropped below $20 for the first time in a while. But there is a lot of support in that 20 to 17 area. I actually think I'd be tempted to start picking up more shares if it drops down to 17. Yeah, you don't you don't need to sweat till it breaks down to right. 14. So yeah, I might start adding to this position here soon to see what I what I can sell to do that first. <laughs> but yeah, so that's Virgin Galactic. And then the last thing I had was just a, a comment from Fastenal CEO that uh, I found kind of interesting. Um, he basically stated that inflation has shifted from too brutally high from massive in the last three months. I can't tell if that's good or bad. Is he trying to say that it's gotten worse or has it gotten better? Which is worse, massive or brutally high? Wait, okay. So it was massive. Yeah. And now it's brutally high? God damn. So which is worse? <laughs> okay, like I feel like massive is worse. I kind of thought so too. But if something's brutal, like brutal is a is an aggressive. It's a very aggressive word, but high is not nearly as bad as massive. <laughs> what do you go with brutally massive? Yeah, it went from high to brutally massive. It went even just high yeah. from massive. Like we can, we, okay, high is high, but massive is yes. bigger than high. But you had the it brutal and br- what you know what this is why I don't invest in Fastenal. I don't trust their CEO with this ambiguous terminology. Uh, I'm looking at their stock right now, and they're getting ready to press their all-time highs again. It looks like it just bounced off of it. They had their earnings a couple days ago. Uh, it looks like on the 12th. They typically have good earnings, and they had a really nice run-up to that earnings call from about 51 up to 55, 56 area right now. Uh, I think if that can bust over that 56, 25 area, it might be worth trying to see how much higher that can go, because that'll be all-time high in that case also be interesting to watch if it bounces off of that level then you might be able to ride some puts down to 54 or even even lower down to 53 
Yeah. So, yeah, Fessinol is an interesting one. It doesn't move nearly as fast as some of the other ones, but that also means that the options are a lot cheaper on it, too. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Let's, uh, let's recap the stocks that we pointed out last week real quick, and then let's talk about uh, ones that we got our eyes on for the rest of the week. Okay. Let's okay. see. We kind of covered eBay because I think that was already your bet pick, and same thing with GE, but Union Pacific, I think, is one that we really need to take a quick look at. It's the one that made the move. It's the one that made a really nice move. Okay, so yeah, Union Pacific, we that one caught our eye because we saw that really nice double bottom down to 195.86 area and was just seeing some really nice strength going up. We were watching that 217 level and it just blew through that on, let's say it tested it on the uh, on Monday, it looks like, and then it, it gapped up above it on the 14th. And then from that point, it just took off. Uh, it's pushing 225 right now, so... Uh, hopefully somebody made a nice uh, play on that one. I missed out on the retest because uh, didn't have a retest. <laughs> it was just moving, and then mm. I was just afraid to get in at that point. I felt like I'd already missed the move. I was eyeing it at 220, and then the next day it, it continued on. Man, it, it still looks like it's got some strength, but it's getting on the high end now for me. Uh, what do you got uh, to watch this week, Dan? What, is, what, what stocks are catching your eye that you're paying attention to for a potential move? Uh, I still, I'm still mm-hmm. watching eBay because they just kind of ranged all week. Uh, in fact, if you look at the weekly candle, it's, uh, it's kind of made a spinning top. It also looked like it was flagging on the uh, daily, didn't it? Looked like a little pennant maybe. Yeah, it did. It didn't, wasn't really hitting higher highs, but it definitely wasn't hitting li- higher lows. So it's, it's got a little flag on the daily for sure. And if you're looking at the daily, it would suggest yeah. a bullish move and the, the weekly as well but uh we'll see mm-hmm. we'll see it's i feel like e- ebay's spring t- to move uh of course i'm watching it because i want yeah. to break all-time highs the other one i have my eye on right now is microsoft and i think if you pull up its weekly <laughs> chart it will tell you why <laughs> uh-huh. i was drawing some levels on it this morning uh, yeah, I can see why you like this one. <laughs> Micro- so so they just had some news, like they're pulling LinkedIn out of China because it's become like a social media network and China, of course, is going to implement its mm-hmm. controls on it. Fucking China. Uh, Chinese users on, on Weibo, their their mm-hmm. Twitter platform, like they post they post the Microsoft press release from the US that's like, yeah, we, we're done with LinkedIn. And then, then like the guy that runs it in China, like uh, the Microsoft exec <laughs> that runs LinkedIn for China, it's like, he's like, we're still here. We're not going anywhere. And they're like, which one do you want to believe? Right. Uh, I believe China. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you look at their stock and it is a dollar away from its 52-week high, like like less than half a percent. It's a test of that area a few times too, going back to through uh, late August and September. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It hit it. Week August sixteenth, it it tested it again the next week. Tried it again that week. The next week, week after that, and then two weeks later, tried it again. Yeah, so so we're really at a fun point for Microsoft because they could be hitting fucking highs, and it might even be fucking all time highs. So with that news coming out about LinkedIn, are you? I mean, when did that come out? First of all, because it doesn't look like the stock reacted all that negatively to it. Uh, it came in. It came out after. The market closed. Was it after hours? Because even the after hours doesn't look like it really had too much of an effect. Oh, okay. So yeah, you might be watching that for a drop tomorrow or Monday then. Ah, that that's my initial thought. But is it is it really uh, LinkedIn? It's like one of Microsoft's subsidiaries, right? 
Maybe, but China is such a big market. They had 55 million users in Chinese LinkedIn. That doesn't seem like that much, but that's still a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. You watch Microsoft yeah. either way, because when it's when it's a half percent away from, and that's yes. an all-time high, by the way. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, that's an exciting time for any stock, because anybody who bought the stock has made money. Everybody's made money. If it hits an all-time high, except with the exception of the very last person to buy right. it. <laughs> There's like one person that hasn't made money, which is, is it's just a magic, Sorry, magic time. Sorry, Steve. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, Steve. You bought it. You bought it at the top. Uh, yeah. So we'll see what happens with Microsoft. Uh, could could things could be about to get epic if they weren't so expensive? I'd, I'd consider buying mm -hmm. some leaps, some like uh, some calls that expire next year. Oh, you can always do a spread. Oh, that's true. A spread for if anybody doesn't know that uh, is when you buy one option contract and sell another higher priced one, or you're you're basically trying to to get the pro. You, you sell one to pay, yeah. You sell one to sell for the other one, so they kind of capture maximum gains, but it also uh, makes it to where you can get a position much cheaper. Right. I buy a three hundred and I sell a three ten. Makes it a lot. I can't. I couldn't afford the three hundred all on its own. But if I sell the three ten against it, it's right. a lot cheaper. Uh, you just cap cap your gains. Cap your gains for a cheaper entry, and you can buy more of them. Anyway, those are the those are the ones I'm watching. I'm watching BP this week. Um, I actually uh, uh, picked up a small position of April calls, uh, thirty three dollar strike. Because uh, I'm looking at the chart, and I had a level drawn at a let's see, what was that about twenty eight. 60 ish uh, when it kind of crashed back in march of 20 um you can see when it rebounded yeah. that head and shoulders pattern before it fell again it peaked at that area came down bottomed out at around 14 and then it's tested that again in june and then finally broke through this month or a lot uh, this this week actually or well, no that was last week yeah broke through on the 8th so it came back and retested that, which is kind of like the perfect thing that you want to see when it finally breaks a, a level for a push higher. And there's been, if you look at the past year, there's not a lot of volume between 36 and that 28.50. So I mm -hmm. I picked up some really long dated options, obviously. Uh, and BP is a, another one of those stable companies that doesn't really move a whole lot. So you can get the options a lot cheaper because it doesn't really experience that much volatility. But I'm watching this for a move to get back up into that 36 range and i think that's got the potential to do that especially with some of the comments that we've been hearing about oil um i was listening to one of george's market updates this week and he mentioned vladimir putin saying that he saw oil at a hundred dollars a barrel again and when you've got a company or a country mm -hmm. that you know um, makes most of their money through petroleum products it is their economy yeah <laughs> yeah them saying that uh, has an effect <laughs> Like makes it more likely to happen <laughs> just just by them saying it mm. so yeah rising oil prices could be good for obviously a petroleum company and a stock that's just been hammered for quite a long time too so yeah i like this one as a as a push up to the 36 area it hasn't like consolidated in this area since 2015 2016 exactly where it's at right now yeah i want to see it get back up into that 40 to 36 range i hope it does for the sake of your calls I do too. <laughs> All right. Um, should we hit earnings real quick and then move on? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about some earnings. 
All right. Uh, you were nice enough to send me the cheat sheet again, I think. Yes, sir. Let me find it here. Okay. Uh, Monday, we have Steel Dynamics, Albertsons, Hexel, uh, a couple more banks, FNB Corp and First Bank. Uh, Tuesday, we got Netflix, uh, United Airlines, Procter & Gamble, WD-40. Uh, Wednesday, Verizon, Tesla, IBM. Yeah. NASDAQ is a company? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought it was just yeah. Index. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, a lot of big names this week. Thursday, we got AT&T, Snapchat, Intel, Nucor. And Friday, we've got Honeywell and American Express. So a lot of big names coming this week. I think that the reports have started off pretty strong already. Some of the banks have been reporting some massive, massive uh, beats. So if that continues or if that's any indication, then uh, that that buy that everyone, that uh, Vico and George have been talking about coming up here soon, looks like we might be in the swing of that. It might be time to just start buying some SPY calls. Yeah. And then just wait for, <laughs> you know, uh, December. It does. It does seem to be like the the equity buying season has started. Yeah, I agree with you. It it, it feels definitely watching the charts. It feels like it this last <laughs> last week. All right, let's let's uh, let's talk about some crypto and let's, let's work on wrapping this show up because we're starting to go along. Look at the news. What do you see? The cult of cryptocurrency. Yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to figure out my bet pick, Kyle. No, no big deal. Oh, still? <laughs> <laughs> of course, I know what I'm gonna do. I never make it at the last second. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> All right. Uh, I thought we had some had some great crypto come up uh, this week. Yeah. Well, why don't you talk about the IPO first, that, and then I'll uh, I'll jump into the the main one that I wanted to cover. A U.S. Bitcoin mining company, uh, Stronghold Digital Mining. Uh, they're about to list almost six million shares in an IPO on the Nasdaq. Hmm. Uh, they're going to price them between 16 and $18 a share under the stock ticker SDIG. So stronghold dig. Is this the first uh, Bitcoin mining company or crypto mining company that's IPOing? Because I know you got like, Coinbase, but that's an exchange. Yes. So there have been SPAC companies mm -hmm. that have gone. There have been crypto companies that went public through a SPAC. Oh, okay. So there are, they exist as public companies, but this is going to be, as far as I know, the first uh, IPO, like through an exchange. So mm -hmm. kind of exciting. Oh, I, <laughs> the, are you, do you look at the part where it says they own the scrub grass plant in Pennsylvania? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they call that an alternative energy source since it converts waste coal into energy. How is that alternative energy? <laughs> <laughs> waste coal you're burning coal still aren't you <laughs> it's look we're burning the dirtiest coal it's all getting rid Kyle. of the coal that <laughs> wouldn't be burned good job not all alternative energies are green i guess <laughs> yeah right there's a difference i guess i could hook up a uh, hundred people to a wheel and have them push it to generate electricity i could call that alternative uh, that would be, be green. green too yeah well, I don't know how much methane do humans release. Uh, can we collect and burn that methane? 
Yeah, this, didn't they? No, no, never mind. That's something else. I'm not <laughs> oh, gonna get into what that. a weird tangent. <laughs> okay, so yeah, yeah, we're gonna have this IPO. Um, they're they're gonna they're gonna take this money and buy more coal plants to make alternate. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> it doesn't say directly they're gonna buy coal plants, but they are gonna expand their operations. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wanna they wanna add fifty five thousand eight hundred more miners. How long until one of these crypto mining companies buys up the Hoover Dam? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, you guys can't have this electricity anymore. We need it for Bitcoin. Vegas goes dark. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is the big story of the week. This is the one I wanted to get through. Uh, is that the first Bitcoin futures ETF uh, is set to begin trading next week. It's going to trade under the ticker BITO. So the SEC yes. had... A company that's going to be trading futures and the value of that trade those trades are going to be in an etf it's going to give exposure to the bitcoin futures contracts but not the spot market okay so they're not like day trading bitcoin futures they're investing in like long term that's kind of what it looks like yeah it's an ex- uh, it's, it's an etf uh the sec had not formally approved the creation of the futures etf as a friday afternoon and the agency may never make a formal declaration of approval for it but apparently they're still going forward anyway the proposed date for listing is monday that doesn't necessarily mean that's when it'll begin trading though that could be later in the week but this is kind of, I think this is why the Bitcoin had been really uh, screaming lately. I think it was up over 61,000 as of yesterday afternoon. Yeah, it's jumped uh, 10% this week. But I think when this news came out, it might have actually dropped a little bit. What's Bitcoin at right now? Uh, I didn't look today yet. Because that obviously changes every minute. Right now it's at 60000 $60,364.90. So this is on the daily. No, okay. So the news did kind of jump with that. I thought it might have actually fallen a little bit. Maybe it did because it's down a little bit today. But that's kind of big for for Bitcoin. This is uh this is leading more towards that like mainstream adoption of it. Yeah, it's 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 coming right up on its highs. These are the kinds of things that lead to the the the, the next the next um, stage for for cryptos. Yeah, uh, the ETFs trading them mm-hmm. these are the kinds of things that should add a little more stability to it hopefully maybe you stop seeing those you know 30 percent drops at the blink of an eye <laughs> but at the same time too that's also going to probably you know it's going to smooth out the the, the crazy run-ups too but yeah it'll be interesting to see how the price reacts as more of these things start coming into play yeah i uh i'm still i'm still that uh old man going but what if they just change the rules and you can't well, they they won't do that, right? Because they can't. Well, the SEC didn't actually approve this, so I mean, they, there's always, I guess, the risk that they can come out and be like, mm, "No, I don't think you guys can do that." Yeah. No. What what I'm saying is, is like like China just says, "Okay, you can't you can't exchange it anymore." Like. Right. I feel like like uh, uh, the stewards of our economy realize like how how much money is in cryptocurrency and if people lose that money that's going to have a shockwave effect on the whole economy right you know like if you just shut off the switch and be like okay all those trillions of dollars of value are gone now yeah i can't imagine they would let that happen no um but this might be maybe kind of their push to trying to keep something like that from happening to it too if you get more of these if you get more institutional money involved in it then it should stabilize it yeah. more it should act more as a a cushion to those crazy events well and maybe maybe now's the time i do need to start getting serious about looking for entries on crypto coins and ethereum is still reasonably priced uh, i think that one's still at, like what is that 38 now 
3850 yeah. I remember last uh, last fall being like, mm, 500 is too much. I'll let it fall. It could fall more. <laughs> uh, 700 yeah. is too much. I'll let it fall. Well, now you got a chart to tell you when it's fallen. Right, right. Exactly, exactly. All right, should we uh, draw a motherfucker? Uh, right, you got me. I did, finally. <laughs> oh. I let you have that one. I know, I know. Thank you. You're very generous. <laughs> I only really made one trade yeah. all week in my equities account. I, I, I mean, I was sim trading the futures, which went really well. Yeah, it did. You finished your first week positive? I think that's huge, man. I did. I did. Oh, well, then maybe that's my good. Yeah, I finished my first week positive. Uh, I don't know. I think the other one, they're both good. I was actually up four out of five days. Yeah. yeah. I only had one disastrous day. <laughs> we limit those disastrous days. That's uh, one key step to being good at being a trader. Yeah. And, and if I'd been paying attention to what was happening, I would have, should have could have stopped halfway through and then really saved myself more pain mm-hmm. but i like I, I i kept trading anyway we'll, we'll get there but but my good was yeah yeah being up what, what was your good uh my good was uh, ge calls that i picked up i picked these up on thursday when i saw that uh it was kind of held in support on its 200 day moving average uh, this is after i got stopped out of them of course but uh volume was looking promising i mean the volume on the down moves was much lower than they were on the up moves i uh, picked up some like october 22nd um what was it, 105 dollars calls they're real short dated because i was just expecting it to kind of bounce off of that and it bounced uh, i picked those calls up for 70 cents a contract and then i sold them the next day at sold half at a dollar to lock in a 30 percent plus gain actually more than more like a, yeah it's about 30 percent uh, then I sold another batch at a dollar twenty-five, and then the rest of them at a dollar fifty. And I sold those last ones at like pretty much the peak. So, like all in all, that trade was just beautiful. Well done. And you know, we kind of talked about this a little bit before, but having the focus on futures for both of us lately, I think, has really improved our our stock picks too. Because I think my the way I was speculating about this is that like in order to pull my attention away from like what I'm doing on a daily basis, it has to be like a good. It has to be good enough to pull my attention to it. When I was trying to trade stocks before, I felt like I was always forcing those moves. But you know, picking out GE and and Union Pacific last week, I like, felt like I picked some two really good you know possibilities for 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 trying to make a little bit of cash on them. And they both would have worked out. I only played the one, but it felt really good to to just fucking nail one. Yeah. Oh yeah. What was your bad? Yeah, not realizing sooner on Thursday that I I had had more three losses in a row oh and that like i was trying to make that my stopping point Mm -hmm. for the day and i did not stop then i missed it you know it's funny because i kind of had something similar but it's really hard to stop when that's all you got planned for the day it's i think i think we're in the same boat too in that i i have to say it's also my ugly Mm -hmm. because if i had managed to stay within that framework i would have saved myself a lot of the profits i had made earlier in the week right uh, <laughs> <laughs> right but it's so hard to call your day at like you know nine o'clock one well, half hour after the market opens and be like nope, i guess i'm done for the day well now what the fuck am i going to do for the rest of the day <laughs> right <laughs> like, well you like george said i guess you're supposed to go reward yourself for for stopping early <laughs> you, should, you know we should do that but i was well i was thinking about like 
you know, for me, the market opens at six six thirty a.m. Yeah. So like, it's it's like eight thirty, and I'm like, what can I go do that's fun at eight thirty in the morning? Right. You can go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I can go back to bed. That's what I do. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, my bed is pretty similar. Uh, my bed, I think I'm gonna call my Tuesday. Because that's when things started going off the rails as far as my futures trading. I made way too many trades, but I made a lot of money on that day. I made over 10 points, but the process was not good at that point. And I think I kind of recognized that. But then when Wednesday happened, it was basically kind of a repeat of the previous day, but without the profits. Instead, it was all losses. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that pretty much that one day basically ruined my week. Um, There's some good to take out of it though, because I did end up writing down the rules that I'm going to be following and I'm going to be holding to these. And I started it on Thursday and Thursday I cut early because I think I had three losses in a row. And that's one of the main rules that I want to follow. Like that, that's it. If I... If I can't make one winner in the first three tries, then I don't have it that day. I just need to stop. Oh, yeah, yeah. The other one I'm going back to really enforcing, too, is the five trades per you know session. I still like breaking it up between like a morning and afternoon because I'm trying to build the data set to see if I trade better in one you know in the mornings or in the afternoons. And if I can get that figured out, then I'll probably uh, uh, modify that. But... Yeah, I'm looking at five trades per session, and then I just, I gave myself the addendum that I can add a trade if I get four wins, and if the extra trade is a win too, I can add another one. So you know, if I'm if I'm consistently taking winners, then I can keep going. But if as soon as I get a loss after that five trades, then I'm done. And then the last one that I'm really watching, that's a main rule for me, is going to be just obeying the structure. So I really want to try to pick my entries to make sure I got the trend on my side. I think the trend needs to be one of my main qualifiers. That doesn't necessarily mean like the overall trend for the day, the week, the month. I just need to have the current trend going with me. Yeah. And if that trend hasn't materialized, then I probably shouldn't be trading it. Ah, that's a lot. Didn't mean to take up so much with that, but uh, if we can trim that down. <laughs> the, 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 the bonus is, is uh, my bad and my ugly were the same. Yeah, I mean. me too. <laughs> it's my big big smack in the face this week was me co- totally going off process and plan just uh you know as i do messing yeah. myself up well i think get I, my own way i think what was interesting about what happened to me was that it doesn't always the results aren't always bad and that's why it's so important to do what we do where we look at the process over the profit or the results mm-hmm. process over results yeah it's incredibly important mm-hmm. anyway should we make a bet and close this thing all up? right Let's, let's get this bet done. Yeah. Stocks are in the center of a universe. That's for every one of us. Consequence for one of us. We make our picks with no regret. Every open, every close, every spread is the mighty bed. All right, Kyle. Um... I think uh, I think I don't get to go first. No, I think I still have time time to pick my bet. You do. Um, I've got two that I'm looking at. One is a home run idea, just buying BBIG and just letting it go. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I necessarily like that. I do really like the volume. I can't imagine it's got too much more room to run up, though. I don't know that's going to be breaking that twelve dollar point anytime soon. Uh, still really right. liking BP, and this one might be a little more. This might be a little too conservative, but I could definitely see it running up a couple more bucks this week. You're picking BP. I think I'm going to take BP. Okay. Um, I'll take uh, half profits at 33, too. A normal 15% stop loss. 
All right. Well, I alluded to it earlier. My secret weapon is, is I have not been making these bets by looking at the weekly chart. Oh. Look at the weekly chart and guess in the next candle. That's the game I need to be playing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, and after looking through uh, my, my personal lists, mm-hmm. I, I'm, liking, I'm liking what Disney's given me on the weekly. Yeah. I know it sounds crazy because it, it, if you look at it the weekly, it's, it's uh, the last five candles for five, five weeks are red, red, red candle, red candle, red spinning top. Green spinning top, green spinning top. Volume's increasing though, and then that's getting. I mean, you got spinning top, and then you yeah. got a doji. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and the buy, buys increasing. So I'm trying to anticipate. I mean, this is a bet. This is you know, it's my risk, right? Yeah. I'm trying to anticipate uh, uh, the buy about to to really crack in and 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 hopefully bring it up back up to the 190. It can't seem to break. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> That's my bet. Disney. I'm long on Disney. Um, I've got a stop. I'm going to put the stop at uh, 173. No, I'm, I'm going to put the stop at 170. 170. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to take half profit at 185. All right. Give me uh, odd or even? Uh, uh, odd. Odd and 1 through 12. 3. Uh, New York Stock Exchange Miscellaneous uh, CAE. CAE Incorporated. Okay. Wow, they uh, they are pushing a nice little level there, huh? Is that an all-time high coming up? Yeah, they're trying to break into all-time highs at thirty-two fifteen. Goddamn, random is really uh, volumes dropping though on this. This might be setting up to fall again. Hopefully, yeah, that's what I hope too. <laughs> <laughs> CAE. Man, random has been on fire. We should just build a portfolio on random stocks. You right. <laughs> Two bulls in a china shop, random stock portfolio. Right? Well, right. shit, somebody got oh. famous for having a fucking hamster pick cryptos. Right? All right. All right. Both of us need to put a couple hundred bucks into an account and, and start running that. That's funny. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. We can we can update it weekly on a YouTube channel. We can even put a guinea pig on there. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying... We'll, we'll claim the guinea pigs picking it, but people love cute animals, right? Yeah. Yes, I do. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, I'm betting I'm going long on Disney. Random's got, was it C-A-E? And Kyle's got B-P. I think, too, actually, maybe that should be a Twitter poll. Should we start a random, uh, should we start trading the random stock? Yeah, with live money? Yeah. That's a good Twitter poll. All yeah. right. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Let's, let's, let's do that. I like that. Throw that Twitter poll up there. Odd that we throw the Twitter poll in the, the goodbye the segment, end, but there it is, yeah. folks. Yeah. There's our Twitter poll. Checked all the boxes. <laughs> uh, come back uh, with us next time, and we'll let you know how we did with those bets and the results of that Twitter poll. Uh, and until then, happy trades. Bye. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks in the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.